0: Chapter six Part five of the American Language This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bruce Peary. The American Language by H. L. Mencken. Chapter Six The Common Speech Part five The Adverb. All the adverbial endings in English, save L-Y, have gradually fallen into decay. It is the only one that is ever used to form new adverbs. At earlier stages of the language, various other endings were used, and some of them survive in a few old words, though they are no longer employed in making new words. The Anglo-Saxon endings were E and L-I-C-E. The latter was, at first, merely an e-ending to adjectives in l-i-c, but after a time it attained to independence and was attached to adjectives not ending in l-i-c. In Early Middle English, this l-i-c-e changes to l-i-k-e, and later on to l-i and l-y meanwhile the e ending following the e endings of the nouns adjectives and verbs ceased to be pronounced and so it gradually fell away thus a good many adverbs came to be indistinguishable from their ancestral adjectives for example hard in to pull hard loud in to speak loud and deep in to bury deep equals the anglo-saxon worse not a few adverbs actually became adjectives for example wide which was originally the anglo-saxon adjective weed equals wide with the adverbial e ending and late which was originally the anglo-saxon adjective lat equals slow with the same ending the result of this movement toward identity and form was a confusion between the two classes of words and from the time of chaucer down to the eighteenth century one finds innumerable instances of the use of the simple adjective as an adverb he will answer true is in sir thomas more and soft unto himself he said in chaucer the singers sang loud in the revised version of the bible nehemiah twelve forty two and indifferent well in shakespeare even after the purists of the eighteenth century began their corrective work this confusion continued thus one finds the people are miserable poor in hume how unworthy you treated mankind in the spectator and wonderful silly in joseph butler to this day the grammarians battle with the barbarism still without complete success every new volume of rules and regulations for those who would speak by the book is full of warnings against it among the great masses of the plain people it goes without saying it flourishes unimpeded the cautions of the schoolmarm in a matter so subtle and so plainly lacking in logic or necessity are forgotten as quickly as her prohibition of the double negative And thereafter the adjective and the adverb tend more and more to coalesce in a part of speech which serves the purposes of both and is simple and intelligible and satisfying charters gives a number of characteristic examples of its use wounded very bad i sure was stiff drank out of a cup easy he looked up quick many more are in lardner a chance to see me work regular i am glad i was lucky enough to marry happy i beat them easy and so on and others fall upon the ear every day he done it proper he done himself proud she was dressed neat she was awful ugly the horse ran o k it near finished him it sells quick i like it fine he et hoggish she acted mean they keep company steady the bob-tailed adverb, indeed, enters into a large number of the commonest coins of vulgar speech. Near silk, I dare say, is properly nearly silk. The grammarians protest that run slow should be run slowly, but near silk and run slow remain, and so do to be in bad, to play it up strong, and their brothers what we have here is simply an incapacity to distinguish any ponderable difference between adverb and adjective and beneath it perhaps is the incapacity already noticed in dealing with it is me to distinguish between the common verb of being and any other verb if it is bad is correct then why should it leaks bad be incorrect It is just this disdain of purely grammatical reasons that is at the bottom of most of the phenomena visible in vulgar American, and the same impulse is observable in all other languages during periods of inflectional decay. During the highly inflected stage of a language the parts of speech are sharply distinct, but when inflections fall off they tend to disappear. The adverb being at best the step-child of grammar as the old latin grammarians used to say omnis pars orationis migrat in adverbium is one of the chief victims of this anarchy john horntook despairing of bringing it to any order even in the most careful english called it in his epeia petricenta, the common sink and repository of all heterogeneous and unknown corruptions Where an obvious logical or lexical distinction has grown up between an adverb and its primary adjective, the unschooled American is very careful to give it its terminal ly. For example, he seldom confuses hard and hardly, scarce and scarcely, real and really. These words convey different ideas. Hard means unyielding, hardly means barely scarce means present only in small numbers scarcely is substantially synonymous with hardly real means genuine really is an assurance of veracity so again with late and lately thus an american says i don't know scarcely not i don't know scarce he died lately not he died late but in nearly all such cases syntax is a preservative not grammar these adverbs seem to keep their tails largely because they are commonly put before and not after verbs as in for example i hardly or scarcely know and i really mean it many other adverbs that take that position habitually are saved as well for example generally usually surely certainly But when they follow verbs they often succumb as in i'll do it sure and i seen him recent and when they modify adjectives they sometimes succumb too as in it was sure hot practically all the adverbs made of adjectives in y lose the terminal ly and thus become identical with their adjectives i have never heard mightily used it is always mighty as in he hit him mighty hard so with filthy dirty nasty lowly naughty and their cognates one hears he acted dirty he spoke nasty the child behaved naughty and so on here even standard english has had to make concessions to euphony cleanlily is seldom used cleanly nearly always takes its place and the use of I.L.L.Y. is confined to pedants. Vulgar American, like all the higher forms of American, and all save the most precise form of written English, has abandoned the old inflections of here, there, and where, to wit, hither and hence, thither and thence, whither and whence. These fossil remains of dead cases are fast disappearing from the language. In the case of hither equals to here, even the preposition has been abandoned. One says not, I came to here, but simply, I came here. In the case of hence, however, from here is still used, and so with from there and from where finally it goes without saying that the common american tendency to add s to such adverbs as towards is carried to full length in the vulgar language one constantly hears not only somewheres and forwards but even no ways and anyways here we have but one more example of the movement toward uniformity and simplicity Anyways is obviously fully supported by Sideways and Always. End of chapter 6, part 5